Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chaldean Priest Show. I'm your host, Father Daniel, a Chaldean Catholic priest, where I upload a podcast episode every Monday to talk about the Chaldean liturgy and how the fruits of this liturgy are able to be applied to our daily lives. Why don't we get started? Please make sure to rate this podcast when you get a chance and leave a comment if you would like. And to make sure you find me on social media to ask me any questions, any follow-up questions you have from any of my episodes. So something interesting is happening. So ever since the pandemic, what happened was we were in quarantine. No one was able to come to Mass. The diocese released a dispensation for all the faithful so that they know and they have the self-knowledge that even though they're missing Mass during the quarantine, they will not be held culpable for that sin because they are dispensed under very extraordinary circumstances. Then what happened after that was things started to open back up. People started to come back to church slowly but surely. But something really interesting started happening. And that is the people who are CEOs, Christmas, Easter only, started to use the pandemic as an excuse to not come to church. And I'm sure before the pandemic, there was a different excuse, whether they weren't fond of the certain people that went to church, they saw them as hypocrites, they saw them as people going to show off, or they used the excuse of, not having enough time, and that is Sunday's only day for them to actually sleep in and be with their family, so on and so forth, because they work full-time jobs. But using the pandemic as an excuse not to go to church, or using any excuses for that matter, to not go to church, is really fascinating, because it really reflects the interior disposition of a person. Because growing up in a Catholic home and attending First Communion classes, maybe catechism classes, maybe some youth groups, you know that you need to go to Mass on Sunday. That is something that is embedded in someone who is a creedal Catholic. It's almost as fundamental as brushing your teeth. It's just something you know you need to do. And I think that's one of the reasons why people find excuses to not go to Mass on Sundays, with whatever their excuse may be. I think the reason why there even is an excuse is because deep down they know they're culpable for missing Mass on Sunday, and they know this is something they need to do. Now, the reason why I'm talking about the Sunday obligation is because I'm commenting on one of the evening prayer final blessings in the Chaldean liturgy. It's so in the Chaldean liturgy, daily evening prayer has a unique final blessing at the end of it. So the one for Tuesday says this Blessed be God forever, and glorified be his holy name unto the ages. For him do we beg, and to the overflowing sea of his compassion do we plead, that he make us worthy for radiant glory in his kingdom, for delight with his holy angels, for unveiled faces before him, 
and for place at his right hand in the Jerusalem above, in his grace and mercy is now at all times and forever and ever. So this final blessing that was written by one of our Chaldean fathers, and of course, as usual, unfortunately, we don't know the authorship of this final blessing because it is so ancient and because a lot of documentation and manuscripts got lost during the persecutions of the Church of the East, what this author is doing essentially is painting a picture of heaven for us. He even starts with, blessed be God forever, and then goes on to talk about how glorious God is and how only he can make us worthy of his glory and his kingdom. So this is all about heaven. And the reason why this is connected to the Sunday obligation is because when we go to church on Sunday, we are partaking and we are having a foretaste of heaven here on earth. And I hate to break it to you, but missing Mass on Sunday is a mortal sin. And being that I am a student of canon law at the Catholic University of America, I'm going to turn towards canon law. So the canon law of the Catholic Church says this. It says that on Sundays and other holy days of obligation, the faithful are bound to participate in the Mass. That's what canon law says. We are bound to participate in Mass. So, participating in Mass every Sunday and during holy days of obligation. For example, Christmas and Easter. But, let's backtrack. What causes people to become CEOs? Christmas, Easter only. So, I'm sure for many people, there are different circumstances. There are different excuses. There are different approaches as to why they don't come to church on Sunday. And interestingly enough, less than 10% of Catholics actually attend Mass. And what's even more alarming is that less than 10% of First Communion students come to Mass on Sundays. And the next time we typically see those First Communion students is when they want to get married in the church. Now, this says a lot of things. This says a lot of things about their upbringing at home. It says a lot about the parents. It says a lot about the situation at home. And more evidently, it says a lot about the priorities in their home. And I think the main reason and the root of people not desiring to come to Sunday Mass is the ignorance of the Lord's Day. Because when you have an ancient liturgy from the apostolic age giving illusions and beautiful images of what heaven is and understanding that we could only attain that through our faith and works, then there's really something wrong with the way the person is approaching Sunday Mass. So, obviously, the Lord's Day is the day of resurrection, the new creation. 
Jesus being the new Adam. And that's why Sunday is a fulfillment of the Sabbath. St. Ignatius of Antioch says this, those who lived according to the old order of things, which is, he's alluding to the Sabbath day, have come to a new hope, no longer keeping the Sabbath, but the Lord's day in which our life is blessed by him and by his death. So St. Ignatius is showing that there's this fulfillment of the Sabbath. But that's not the only thing that's going on. Because we know that Sunday is the very celebration of the Lord's Day. Because we celebrate the Eucharist. We celebrate the sacrifice of the Son in which we receive His body, blood, soul, and divinity. And again, this isn't like it's something new. This goes back to the apostolic age where we even see evidence of Christians coming together for the celebration of the Eucharist on Sunday. In the letter to the Hebrews, it says, not to neglect to meet each other, as is the habit of some, but to encourage one another. And this is in Hebrews 10.25. I remember when I was a kid, so I would always attend the Mass at the cathedral here in San Diego, where I'm assigned to now. But as a kid, I remember during Mass, I would always be counting the ceiling tiles. And I would always be distracted and didn't really understand what was going on. And it wasn't until I was more educated in the Mass and understood it. And obviously, I still have a lot I could learn from. But when I started to understand the fundamental principles, of why I had to get dressed in the morning, why I had to come to Mass dragging my feet, why it was so important to my parents to bring me to Mass every Sunday and to make sure that was the first thing we did. Over time, I started to understand these fundamental principles. And when I started to get more involved in First Communion, Catechism, programs, so on and so forth, I still didn't have the full picture that I wanted but it was still enough for me to understand that this is somewhere I need to go. And because it's important to my parents, then there's something really important and really huge going on here. And even though sometimes we start from somewhere small to us thinking that we're justified to not attend Sunday Mass because of a personal preference or because we were hurt in some way, or because we heard certain rumors about the church, or because this person that I don't like attends Mass, or because people treat it like a fashion show, whatever it is, when we understand what the Mass is, what happens is Sunday Mass transcends any excuse we may have. And I think that's one of the reasons, going back to canon law, that's one of the reasons why canon law says that Sundays and other holy days of obligation of the faithful are bound to participate in Mass. And if they don't, it's a mortal sin. And unless you have a very grave circumstance, not going to breakfast with the family on Sunday mornings, 
not going to the beach, not, uh, you know, whatever else you do on Sundays. But if there's a grave circumstance, like an illness or a mother taking care of her infant child, okay, you can justify that because it's almost remotely impossible to make it to Sunday Mass. But I want to leave you with something. So in the early church, the Church of the East, I've mentioned before there was a lot of persecution against the Chaldeans. And even throughout this persecution, there were underground masses. We see this in other countries. It happened in Japan. It happened in other countries that did face persecution because of their religion. We see them gathering together any opportunity they had. And I don't know if anyone saw that movie Silence where the Jesuit missionaries traveled to Japan where these people haven't seen a priest for a very long time. And one of the first things they do is celebrate Mass and hear confessions. And they were so eager to do that. Why did the early Christians see that as a priority? Is because they understood the sacrament of the Eucharist. And they had enough knowledge about the Eucharist to understand that that is the true source and summit of our life, not the pleasures that we indulge in. And missing Sunday Mass can take a big effect on a person because we know we were created by God to return to Him. Returning to God means that we follow the precepts that are presented to us through the church, through His bride. And I encourage anyone who misses Sunday Mass on a regular basis, if they do, they're probably not listening to this podcast. But if you are listening, it's not too late to have a reversion of the heart. Turn your hearts back to God by first going to confession, because obviously it's a mortal sin. But also, turn going to Mass every Sunday into a habit. And once it becomes a habit, it's much easier for you to make sure you prioritize going to Sunday Mass every week than anything else that you had scheduled. And I want to leave you guys with this. Understanding that it is only at church where we receive the resurrected body of Christ says everything. Because anywhere you turn to, you will not receive this sacrament. Anywhere you go, Anywhere you try to search for the Eucharist, you will not find it unless it's through the church. And I hope everything I said brought some clarity to this topic. And I'll see you at Mass on Sunday. All right, time for the lines then. Here's an unpopular opinion publicly criticizing the Pope and causing further division is not something that is prudent, but rather it is something that is more of a virtue signaling tactic because it almost makes you look like you care about the church and the well-being of the church more than other Catholics around the world. Now, I'm not saying that 
popes are infallible and that there's never been wicked popes in the life of the church, there has been, but that doesn't give us the excuse to critique everything the pope says because we feel like it wasn't clear enough or we think that he committed a certain heresy. And the Pope I'm talking about is Pope Francis, because he's received a lot of heat for the things that he said. And I, too, will agree on something that Pope Benedict, he did something very well during his papacy. Anytime he had something very important to say, he had a major declaration he wanted to present to the church, because he wanted to be so clear on the topic he first wrote it in his original language, which is German. And then he would have it in Latin, and then he would have it in Italian, and then he would have it in translated in English, just to make sure there is no misrepresentation of what he's saying. Now, Pope Francis is obviously not Pope Benedict. They're two different people with two different personalities. Would I say that there are more prudent ways of presenting things now? Yeah, of course. Of course I would. But because there were some things that Pope Francis did that weren't as clear as we would like them to be, doesn't mean that any other word following that is utter heresy. And we should completely look down on him. He has a big responsibility. He is the vicar of Christ and the head of the universal church. I'm here at the cathedral in charge of the parishioners here and the families that live around here, and I'm always swamped with work. Now, I could only imagine what he would be going through. So, again, it's not wrong to talk about things and discuss certain theological elements to discuss certain things that are good for the church. But if we're doing that more than we are praying for the person, then we are absolutely doing something wrong. And that is not the Christian way of approaching problems. So that is my podcast for the week. I hope you all enjoyed it. Please don't forget to rate this podcast, leave a comment, find me on social media if you have any questions. But until then, as always, see you next time.